Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. If you'll stand, at least for the reading of the word from the springboard that we have went from for several weeks now. This is our last week. <clears throat> we could have really made last week our last week, uh, but I didn't want to keep you for a few more minutes, so we didn't go on. But we'll finish up here today talking about the treasure principle this morning. And so the springboard chapter, the verse that we have been springing from each week, or that this series is centered around is Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. Again, Matthew 13 holds many parables in it that says that the kingdom of heaven is like or the kingdom of God is like so and so forth. And so it gives these uh, metaphors and these likenesses that the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God is similar to. And one of them has been our springboard, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field, buyeth that field. And so uh, this morning, you will be without uh, anybody helping you out with scripture today. So if you have thumbs for in a phone, or uh, you know how to turn a page still in something called a Bible, it's a book, you know. If you didn't do that, you'll find, amen, the places we'll be today. Father, we're thankful, Lord, this morning that we had this opportunity to come, Lord, and learn of your word once again. Lord, let these eternal truths, Lord, be a part of our life, Lord, that they would direct us and guide us, Lord, and help us, Jesus, to become more like you, and we'll not fail to thank you for it in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Also, we are glad to have with us this morning, Maddie and Sean Keel today for the first time to the first apostolic church as a married couple glad to have them and you may be seated glad to see kevin this morning i didn't know if he'd show up after i helped give away his daughter yesterday he's kind of you know had to burn his saddle or something over that but he showed up nonetheless he he looked over he just said no more he said yesterday no more all the other girls uh-uh not happening he, he's like talking to each one as they come down off the platform holding arms with one of those guys he said forget it buddy forget it buddy forget it every last one of them so amen we're glad to have them today in the house of the lord if you'll remember back at second corinthians chapter eight and i'm going to read a verse of scripture from second corinthians chapter number eight and we talked about different keys in uh the treasure principle and something we have talked about talking if you're going to wait till you can afford to give and that's a uh, I don't know the way that that state if you're going to wait till you afford to give you'll never give because uh, you know we can give with whatever means that we have whether it's m much or whether it's not as much you can give and a scripture that kind of underscores that is 2nd Corinthians chapter number 8 where the Bible was speaking to uh, or about the Macedonian believers and this is what the scripture says in verse number 3 of 2nd Corinthians 8 it says for to their power 
I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. And it's speaking of uh, the giving that they were to give. It was to their power, and yet their, Paul says it was beyond their power that they willingly gave themselves. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible as well. It says it like this, For as I, be, as I can bear witness, they gave according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability. And they did it voluntarily. And so it wasn't that they were just giving according to what they could give, but they even gave beyond what it would seem like they could give. Amen. And they did this voluntarily. No one uh, was forcing them. No one had, uh, as we all times say, no one had a gun pointed to their head. It was something that they did voluntarily. And so they gave beyond their ability. They, they pushed past just giving where they were able to just a little bit more. And there's many here that could perhaps this morning testify to having done that before. It's like you feel like you should give this, but you know you could really use that for something else. Have you ever gave something that you felt like you could probably use for something else in your own household, but you gave it anyway, and the Lord just brought it back to you and then some in some way or fashion and met the need that you had in your home, but due to giving beyond what we might say beyond your ability uh, that, that the Lord blessed you? Uh, this was a story in the book, The Treasure Principle. Just want to share it again. It might sound like out there or beyond your mind's comprehension, but listen to it today. Scott Lewis was the man's name and he attended a conference uh, where Bill Bright challenged the people to give one million dollars I'm not asking anybody to give one million dollars this morning but if you have it we'll accept it but nonetheless to give one million dollars to help fulfill the Great Commission and so this amount was laughable to Scott Lewis far beyond anything that he could even imagine because he had a machinery business that generated an income under fifty thousand dollars a year that's what his business usually generated, about $50,000 a year. And so Bill asked, asked him, how much did you give last year? And Scott, he felt pretty confident and good about his answer. He said, we gave $17,000, about 35% of our income, he said, last year. And so without blinking an eye, Bill responded. He said, over the next year, he said, why don't you make it a go of giving 50000 Now, you got to start to read. If you start to reason it in your mind, this guy's saying, my machinery business usually brings in $50,000 of income a year. He said, you're saying do 50? He was just asking him to give beyond his ability. So he thought, okay, maybe he didn't understand that this is the way things are. We just bring in about $50,000. But nonetheless, they decided to trust God with their giving, and they took up the challenge, thinking that it was impossible. And God provided many ways throughout the year, even with a miraculous December 31st provision, uh, Scott, his family were able, in a year's time, they gave $50,000. The next year, and that's usually what they brought in, the next year they set a go of giving $100,000. And again, God provided the following year they were able to do that. And so this man, Scott, he wrote Randy Alcorn a note saying that in 2001, they passed the $1 million mark in their giving because they just bumped it up every year and tried to give beyond what they thought that they were able. And God always supplied and grew, no doubt, their business in the process of doing so. And so the question you may ask yourself this morning, you know, when, when is a good time to start giving? Now's a great time to start giving. Now, uh, right now is a great time. We give now or later, people may think, give now. Uh, because again, we will part with our money someday. 
All right? We will part with our money someday, of course, when we die. But what kind of trust does it take to part with your money when you die? Not really, is it? You're not living then and you don't have all the other needs that come into your life. So there isn't a bunch of trust that parts that happens whenever you part with your money when you die because you really don't have a choice then, do you? It's not as though you're choosing to do so. Life has come full circle and you're departing from this life. So death isn't our best opportunity uh, when to give, even though there's people that uh, in their wills they write to give to their churches a certain portion of uh, their estate or so on and so forth and that's good and that's proper uh, to do so but our best opportunity to give is while we're still yet living while we still have the choice to do with those funds as we choose second corinthians chapter number nine and verse number 10 says now he that ministereth seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness being enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causeth through us thanksgiving to God if that doesn't sound plain enough to you I'll read it from the amplified bible and God who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also Provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous and your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. The mentality of life is that you get all you can, you can all you get, and you sit on the can. <laughs> right? That's the mentality of life. But according to God's economy, you get all you can so you can give nearly all of it somewhere else. And you, I've said this in the past several weeks. Sometimes God blesses us with more in order for us to be able to give more. He entrusts us with more so that we can be a conduit through which he can bless other ministries or people that are in need that lack. I find that in, in, in life sometimes that God does that. He increases us so we can help increase someone else. He entrusts us enough with more because we're going, he knows we're going to be good managers of that. Amen. To help out where others may need it. And so the sixth key of the treasure principle is this, is that God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. To raise my standard of giving. 2 Corinthians 4, the Bible talks about equality, equality in the church, equality among the community. And whenever it talks about the equality uh, here in Scripture, it's those that, that were given more or had more that they would give that away to those that lacked or had less. Equality wasn't so much about every individual having the same equal amounts of distribution given to them, but that those that had more gave to those that had less. And that's what brought the equality. What brought equality was the spirit of giving among the people. That's what brought equality among the people. It's not that they just hoarded what they had and well, bless 
goodness uh, they can just suffer because they don't have no it was because of a spirit of giving that it brought equality among the members and when those with two we call it, you say well, I can never have too much but those that have ample amounts gave to those that didn't then there were really two problems that were solved Amen. Two problems that were solved. Uh, those that had ample surplus and those that had lack. And both were solved because and through giving. Amen. Uh, Winston Churchill said it like this, that we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give make a life by what we give. And so Paul said that God increases what we have in order, this is what he said there in 2 Corinthians 9, that God increases what we have in order that we might give generously. And over the years, we have stated it here around this church, if, if, if you want to just have all that you have and never that to necessarily increase, then just close your hand on what you have. Deuteronomy speaks of it. Uh, we've talked about it over the years, talking about it being an open hand policy because as long as you keep an open hand and God causes money or, or other goods, it could be a multitude of things, come into your life and you keep your hand open in order for that to come in and go out of your hand. Uh, for other people in need, there might be surplus come in and go out for other reasons, but the moment you close your hand on it, and you don't let it go out, guess what? You also disallow it from coming in. The moment that you close your hand, but as long as you keep it open, your hand's just like a piece of conduit. It flows in and it flows out just quite regularly. But if you ever stop it up and you don't let it go out, you've not allowed anything to come in anymore. Well, so you live by the open hand. You just want to be a piece of conduit. There might be a lot throw through, flow through you that you never hold on to yourself. But God has placed that there. He increases us that we might give generously, amen, for others that may be in need. And we're coming up on a, uh, you know, of course, a time of year of the calendar year that I know it may seem like that everybody has their hand out, you know, this institution or that. And uh, there's Thanksgiving and there's Christmas and there's people that are in greater needs, of course, than many of us ourselves. But I, I'll, I'll tell you this, that you'll be generous in those regards and during this upcoming time of year God will make sure that you're taken care of as well amen second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 9 the Bible says for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich of course we're thinking about the Lord of glory right his, his, his home in the heavenlies, the creator of all things. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and them that dwell therein, the rich. But he humbled himself into the form and the likeness of humanity, right? He took on, in essence, poverty. He became poor. As a matter of fact, when Mary and Joseph went to the temple for the dedication of Jesus, they took to the temple two turtle doves for their offering because it was required of them for the dedication to have the offering. That offering of two turtle doves was that of the poorest of people. That is what the poorest of people brought for the dedication. There was higher standards for those that had the ability to bring higher, but that was for those that were the poorest. So Jesus Christ was born into a family not of a lot of material means. 
And the offering that was brought on this day of dedication is indicative of that. They brought the lowest of the offering that could be required for those of the poor. And yet he left his home in glory, so to speak, and he humbled himself to become poor in poverty that through him we might have the chance and the opportunity of eternal life. And we're thankful for that. The richest person became the poorest person. Say it like this. He took, and he did during those three days of being in the heart of the earth, as the scripture says, uh, going down, he preached into the spirits in captivity. The Bible says he took, he took the hell that we deserved in order to give us the heaven that we don't deserve. All right. And so we can never outgive God. We can never outgive God in that respect. As a matter of fact, whenever you read one of the most famous verses of Scripture in the Bible of John 3.16, pick up on some of those verbs. Pick up what's happening there when it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Notice the phrase, God loved the world so that he gave. He loved the world so that he gave. Let me share with you another verse of scripture that is very uh, uh, similar to that one in Ephesians chapter number five and verse number 25. God loved the world so he gave. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives. Here it is. Even as Christ also loved the church, right? And gave himself for it. So there's almost a pattern in John 3, 16. God loved world, gave. Christ loved church, gave. And so the, 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 the pattern of scripture is this. The precursor to giving is loving. The, the, what, what, what happens prior to us giving is loving. And we made note of it uh, earlier in this series. You know, if, if, for instance, you all have different, you have different talents, you have different interests among you. Uh, you might look at somebody that, that gives so much money for a rifle or a shotgun mic, and if they're not a mic Penrod, they might think, that's nuts. That's nuts to pay that much money for that rifle right? And the person that probably says that is someone that's not interested in hunting. Person that says that is probably someone that's not interested in guns or anything like that. They don't, they don't, they don't like doing that type of stuff. It's not a past, it's not a desire or one of theirs. So they'll, they'll criticize Mike for paying whatever, you know, $300 for a rifle. I don't know. I haven't checked on rifle prices here lately, but anyway, they'll, they'll say that's crazy, but it's meaningful to Mike because that's something that he loves. And so he's willing to sacrifice that money for something that he loves. Right? And so whenever you love, Christ loved the world, he gave. Christ loves the church, he gave. And you'll be willing to give toward the things that you love. And so when we look at giving them many times, it comes to a love issue. We talked about being a heart issue is a love issue. The more that you fall in love with the Lord and you fall in love with the church and you fall in love with the things of the church, you'll give to those things because that's interest to you. That, that's something of interest to you. But if you don't, it probably is a telltale sign of a lack of love for those things. 
All right? And so you give toward what you love, and that's the pattern that Christ has given us even in Scripture. Look, Romans number 12, and I'm going to just pick one verse of Scripture out of there as well. But in Romans chapter number 12, there is a listing of, of spiritual gifts and gifts uh, that God has distributed to mankind or primarily even to the church. But I want to read uh, just one verse from there, if I can find it. Romans chapter number 12, and I think verse number, verse number 16, perhaps, if I can find it. No, verse number 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy. So that's a gift according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, God has distributed the gift of ministry. Let us wait on our ministering. So let's operate in that function, in that gift. Or he that teacheth, God given the gift of teaching to some, then on teaching. Or he that exhorteth, on exhortation. Note this, verse 8. Or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that sheweth mercy with cheerfulness. And so it gives a list of differing gifts, such as prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving. Uh, there is he that ruleth, he that sheweth mercy. All of these are different gifts that are uh, distributed among and in the church. He says, and if you're being given that, do so with diligence, do so with everything that is within you. And among that listing of gifts was this gift or this ability to give. Now, we talk about, right, years ago we talked about, oh, sister and so-and-so, see, we're such a prayer warrior. She just, oh, just call upon the name of God. And she was a prayer warrior we talk about people's ability to teach oh man they were just so awesome but how about the giving warriors huh how about the the oh i remember that person they were just so generous in their giving because that is among all the other lists we talk about all oh, that band could he, he'd prophesy god would speak to him concerning things in your life and we like man boom yeah but right among all that list of that man that can prophesy is the one that can give we really esteem the prophet. You like it when the prophet comes and he preaches and he walks up to you and he says, Mike and Brenda Trout, thus and so, this is what's going to happen. You're like, oh man, you want to be around that guy, rub shoulders. But listed right next to that guy is the one that gives. Listed right next to him. And so giving is very vital and very important as well. And it's listed among the spiritual gifts. And so we, we struggle sometimes uh, with giving because we think it costs us money. And sometimes it's the same people struggle to pray because it costs them time. And some people struggle to fast because it costs them a meal or it costs them focus. Um, a lot of times we struggle with certain things if it costs us something. Because sometimes people's not willing uh, for something to cost them something unless they're going to be recognized for it somehow. But Matthew 6, uh, whenever Christ is... In Matthew 5, he begins his Sermon on the Mount, and it lasts for several chapters. In Matthew 6, he tells the people, he says, when you pray, not if, but when. When you pray. He says, when you fast. Again, the wording is not if, when. So it's not a question of whether or not, it's just a question of when it happens. He says, when you give. This is in Matthew 6. When you give, not if, but when you give. 
And he says all these things. And at the end of all these things of prayer and fasting and giving, he says, the father which seeth in secret, when he sees you pray in secret, when he sees you give, and your right hand's not knowing what your left hand's doing, you're not doing it for, you know, glory of everybody seeing it. When you pray in secret, when you fast in secret, whenever you give in secret, all these things, he says, when your father see what he seeth in secret, he will reward you openly for. He will reward you openly for those very things, what we do in secret, in prayer, in giving, and in fasting. And so the treasure principle is simply this, that you can't take it with you if we can just highlight these different ones again this morning. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And so that's what we're doing in this life. This life is really the preparation room for eternity. This life is the preparation room for eternity. What we're doing right now is prepping for uh, the life eternal. Uh, whether that is through giving, whether that is through the way that we're consecrating to our life, we are in preparation uh, for eternity. Uh, just yesterday, whenever Maddie and the guys and everybody were on separate sides in the back, that was the preparation room. They were making sure their ties were straight and every hair was just in place. They was like me. They could have done that a whole lot easier. But nonetheless, they were making sure everything was in place for that 30 minutes of time that they were going to be out here. But that was the preparation room. Amen. And so we are in the preparation room now. We don't, it didn't turn two o'clock and they were throwing on their trousers and all. No, 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 no. That's not the way it works. Why? Because you don't have time then to get it accomplished. Huh? Right? The trump of God shall sound. And it's in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So all the preparation has to take place now ahead of time. And so the key principles of the treasure principle have been these. Just to, just to refresh our memories here this morning. God owns everything. God owns everything. And I'm just his manager. It was so important to get that straight in our lives. That we just manage anything that is God's and that our heart key number two our heart will always go where God's money goes our heart will go there again get out that credit statement get out that bank statement get out those receipts and just start seeing uh, if you do a budget or anything like that you probably know where your money goes but you could take your receipts and just start you know categorizing this was food this was for the house this was like utilities just start stacking them up and you can see where your money begins to go heaven not earth is my home huh heaven not earth is my home i'm just passing through I'm a pilgrim and a stranger here below. I should not live. You remember the dot and the line illustration? I should not live for the dot, right? Because it's quite finite or uh, uh, it's just there, just a little dot. It has a certain area, but we should live for the line, the line that continues on and on. Our dot is just this life up on earth. Our line is that for after death. Giving is the only antidote to materialism. Meaning if you're just a hoarder of just material things and you just always have to have, 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 a good antidote is that to that is start giving some of that away. Amen. Start giving that away and we'll be less fascinated with material things. And then lastly, the one that we talked about today was that God prospers us not to raise our standard of living, but to raise our standard of giving. I said it in the end of a prayer here this morning. Scripture says it's, I, I know it don't make, it don't make good common sense, but it's biblical sense that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's more 
It just that don't make good sense, does it? But it is biblical sense. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so the next time God prospers you in some way, you need to be looking around. Okay, God, what? Who can I help? What can I do with this? This? Uh, do, do the missionaries need more money? What? What? What can I do to help bless somebody else? Because I know this is your money and you've given it to me because you trust me that I'll put it where you want it to be put. All right. If you'll stand with me this morning, we'll close that I'll put this where you want me to put it. And that's the treasure principle over the past four weeks. And uh, we will not be in that next Sunday. Next Sunday is the Sunday after our hayride and chili supper. That is only one service. It's the fifth Sunday. There's only one service in the a.m. So come out after we've been here, uh, you know, together on that Saturday. Come out on that Sunday morning. There's just one service, and we will have a good time, amen, with one another. Come back tonight. There is service at 6. Continue to pray for those in need of it, those that are traveling. Amen. They are in need of our prayers, traveling many hours, some of them. And so we ask for God's help upon their life. Father, I come, Lord Jesus, before you this morning. God, we need you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. God, help us, God, to be good stewards, Lord, over what you have given, Lord God, into our hands, into our care. Help, Lord Jesus, to do so. God, I pray, Lord, to bless those around us, God. Lord, to minister, Jesus, to the church, Lord Jesus. God, for the purpose of your kingdom. God, to grow it, Lord God, missionaries and churches that are started in various areas. God, the propagation, Lord, of your gospel, Lord, of your death, bear on resurrection until the whole world knows God that should be our mission Lord I pray God that you would help us and minister through us and God entrust us and help us to be trustworthy that you can trust us I pray oh Lord God with what is rightfully yours God for your kingdom and for your purpose in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray and the church say amen amen God bless you this morning in Jesus name hallelujah as you go your separate ways today hallelujah Jesus thank you for listening If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.